Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode 14 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called No Exit. Or as I like to call it, the dumbass Olympics. is being so stupid and i know a couple of them end the episode on a high but they don't but it's a long way to get there it would have been a high if it happened the episode after Catherine took over elena's body not this one like two episodes later i know i kept asking you how long can she get away with it and she has gotten away with it much longer than anyone could have predicted yeah and they're gonna feel bad about this one yeah and Elena particularly is going to feel bad. If it were me and we get Elena back, she's like, how long was I like that? I'd be like, oh, just a day. A day. It was a really busy day because a lot did happen. And I know it sounds like it was like a month, but it was actually a day. Yeah, I know it sounds like, wow, how do we get that much done in a day? But the thing is, we're vampires, so we're supernatural. So it all happened in a day. And don't look at a calendar. And I know you think that Catherine died in... October and now it's January um but it she actually died in January if you can believe it you've had a lot of trauma so you forgot Christmas completely as it turns out when you were you know out we noticed that your phone calendar was all screwy so (laughs) we went ahead and fixed that and again (laughs) you were only out for a day and you had somehow missed all of your college finals and half the classes but don't worry we got those covered all your finals were on one day and I don't know how the school allowed that. Life's it's just crazy. a whirlwind for you is the thing. Things are just crazy right now. Anyway, moving on. Remember how you didn't know I was in a safe? <laughs> anyway, are you going to date Damon again? Because, you know, nothing's happened to make that unlikely. Yeah, he hasn't done much. <laughs> He's just been hanging. Yeah. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. As Damon's behavior escalates from destructive to deadly, Stefan begins to regret their last conversation and decides to track Damon down and intervene. For reasons of her own, Elena volunteers to come along. Dr. West enlists the travelers to set a trap that will once again test Damon's friendship with Enzo. After a heart-to-heart talk with Nadia, Matt enlists Caroline and Tyler's help to protect Elena, leading to a violent confrontation. Later, when Stefan tries to comfort a dejected Caroline, their conversation leads to a horrifying realization. Finally, these two figured it out. I think you had guessed that Damon would figure it out, which Damon got all the right pieces, but he got to the wrong conclusion. But then you also guessed Caroline and really the brain trust of Caroline and Stefan. What can't they do? Yeah. Well, I guess Damon, assuming that, you know, he would figure out the breakup and obviously the breakup took a much different turn. So that kind of interrupted his thought pattern quite a bit. Exactly. We start the episode at an old farmhouse in the woods. So it's pretty clear pretty quickly that things are negative in that house. Yeah, someone someone has died in that house, at least one at the minimum. We get a couple establishing shots. And as we're heading into the house, we see a couple bloody pieces of mail. So we kind of know where it's going. Inside, Enzo is looking at a framed photo. He touches it with his bloody hands. And they're talking about the guy in the photo. And Enzo says, oh, do you think the fella loved milking cows? 
Damon says, probably. Then she became one. Okay, fat choke? Damon? Fat choke, not necessary. Please, don't do that. Maybe you wouldn't have gotten dumped if you didn't make fat jokes. Let that be a lesson. <laughs> Damon says, so he drank himself into oblivion. She cheated with the pastor. And Enzo says, hey, just because you lost your true love doesn't mean you have to dump on others. Damon says, there's no love in there. Look at that picture. It's old and the milkmaid's nowhere to be found. It's just pathetic old farmer John. And Enzo says, hey, manners. It's impolite to speak ill of our hosts. Damon says, I doubt he'll mind. And he points to the floor where there is a dead body. Presumably the guy who lives in this house or, you know, dead, quote unquote. Yeah, dead at this moment, but his head is still on. So, you know, we can all figure it out from there. Yeah. (laughs) Enzo says somebody's cranky. And then he looks at his phone and says, although I guess it's been like almost eight hours since you last fed. So I suppose that's about right. And Damon's like, you're timing me. And Enzo says, yeah, I'm fucking timing you. You feed on vampires now and I am a vampire. So I want to know how long you can last until your next fix. Yeah, Enzo said, I'm hanging out with you and I'm your food source now. So I am kind of tracking when you get hungry. Now me, I don't get that hungry because I've been surviving on a shot glass of blood a day for 50 years. So I'm good, but you're kind of not ready for this. Yeah. Damon says, you know, or you can just leave. And Enzo says, I don't abandon my friends, Damon. Got to get a dig in there. (laughs) Pointed comment. Under all of this scene, Radioactive by Imagine Dragons starts to play. Quite a needle drop, indicative of the time. Because Damon is in many ways radioactive right now. And, you know, welcome to the new age of Damon being a ripper. It is a new age. (laughs) Enzo says, besides, if you hadn't come with me to kill Dr. West, he wouldn't have stuck you with that nasty virus. Then the dead guy on the ground, you know, gasps awake. We know what's happening. He's in transition. Enzo says, ah, just in time. Hello. And the guy says, um, hi, what did you do? What's happening to me? Yeah, because he's like, I live here alone. Who are you two guys? Yeah. And why am I on the ground bloody? That's not a good sign. And Enzo says, you died. But luckily, you had my blood in your system. So when you drink this, you'll feel much better. He holds out a blood bag to him. It says donor. Like, it's a, clearly a blood bag. Yeah, it's it's a blood bag. It's full of blood. It says blood on it. Like, it's pretty obvious what's happening. The guy at first doesn't ask any questions. He just drinks. And he, like, chugs the whole blood bag. And then he says, what was that? Enzo says, blood. Enzo said, it was a bag of blood. I didn't think I had to specify that. I, I thought holding it in your face was enough. I figured you could tell. I figured you could read. <laughs> and Enzo says, you're a vampire now. Congrats. And the poor guy says, I'm a what? And Enzo says, I know it's overwhelming. Damon will explain more in a bit. But before he does, settle a bet. Your wife, where is she? And the guy, he's not ready to move on from the blood. He says, wait, I drink blood now? Because, you know, that's a pretty big change to just happen to you in the middle of the afternoon at your home. A big change to his day-to-day life. Luckily, there won't be any more days to adjust. Enzo says, again, we're going to explain everything to you. Just where is your wife? And he says, she's gone. She left me years ago. And Damon says, oh, pastor. And the guy says, pharmacist. Which is more embarrassing than pastor. Yeah. (laughs) Damon says, I will take that as a win for me, not for you. And then Damon's veins appear. He starts to feed on the poor guy until he rips his head off. Which just goes to show, Wes Maxfield, you are stupid. Because why did you think that vampires wouldn't start turning humans they don't know? Yeah. It's the same thing of like they wanted a food source 
of humans they didn't know. So they went and stole blood bags, a resource that hospitals famously need. So now they're going to turn someone they don't know again. It's not that hard to turn a vampire. Great work, Wes. That's the thing. He didn't do any actual thought about it. He just engineered the blood. That's what happened. Actually, that's not what happens. You're an infectious disease researcher. You didn't think at all about the social structure that would transmit the disease, dumbass? And I mean, I think this is where he went right with Jesse, is he picked someone who doesn't know, like, any other vampires. Yeah. So he won't have a connection. But then he got too personal with it because of the Aaron Whitmore of it all. And then he decided to get Elena and Damon, who was like, you think Damon's just going to kill all the vampires he knows willy-nilly? Don't you think he's just going to kill more humans? It's the eternal hubris of... They all think that vampires are like savages. And it's like, they actually do have relationships with each other. Like they're going to try not to kill their friends, much like you wouldn't kill your friends. Yeah. So I get the concept of like Jesse or even poor Joey, rest in peace, Joey. Yeah. But when you pick someone who you know has like a group of friends, what exactly do you think they're going to do? Well, also, you know, you don't want someone who's going to hunt them down. Like it makes more sense to have someone who, even if it is Damon, Make sure Enzo stays behind so that then Damon just loses control, has nothing to tether him anymore. Mm -hmm. But you let him go with his friend who they bonded in in captivity of the same experiments that you are doing. Of course, they're going to stay bonded through that. I stay saying Dr. West is not that brilliant. Here's the thing. I think Dr. West could have been aided by the personality of a Pastor Young where He basically, this is the only way this really works. You find someone young, impressionable. Of course, this is manipulative, but he's a villain. Yeah. Um, you find someone young, impressionable. You tell them about vampires mm-hmm. and how awful they are. Ideally, you pick someone who has someone in their family who was killed by vampires. Easy twist. Um, yeah. And then you say to them, we're going to eradicate vampires and you get the most important role. You're going to sacrifice yourself. You're going to be the soldier for me. Yes. And you know who would have been a fantastic candidate for that plan? Aaron fucking Whitmore. You had him right there. But he let Elena get to Aaron Whitmore first. Again, Wes could learn a little something from the likes of Pastor Young and Atticus Shane. Rest in Mm -hmm. peace, two kings. If you gave Atticus Shane this fucking compound, he would have it out like the fucking COVID vaccine, okay? He would have no issue. Uh, how we miss how we miss Atticus how Shane. I'm missing Atticus Shane all of a sudden <laughs> anyways so Damon then like looks at Enzo with blood dripping down his face and Enzo says stop trying to scare me Damon I'm not leaving you I'm the only friend you have left also Enzo has no other friends yeah where's he gonna go he's been in captivity for 60 years he's still figuring out the whole phone thing yeah he still doesn't even really know how to text someone I like to make jokes about the enchanted baloney that they go through but I mean He's been in captivity for 60 years. There's a lot to learn. Can you imagine if he actually went to New York? That's overwhelming. That's too much noise, especially when you have supersonic hearing. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. For some reason, Stefan is laying on the couch and helping what he thinks is Elena study for a history class. Of all classes to fake study for. Well, and there's so much to unpack about this. Number one, Caroline and Elena's whole thing about college is we are going to phone it in on our classes and just get the college Mm -hmm. experience. Why would she take a class she has to study for? My thing is, why would she have to study history? Because did she not fucking live with a history teacher for like a year? Yeah, well, they only talked about the Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) It's so beyond foolish. And I know that like Stefan is trying to be there for Elena, quote unquote. 
Mm-hmm. But this is where the dumbassery really begins. And he gets worse and worse until the very end when he gets back up. Yeah, when he claws his way up. Fall down seven times, get up one. <laughs> and this is also kind of stupid on Catherine's part because, again, Catherine cannot help but try to convince everyone she's better than Elena because she has to use her own personal experience from history. It's like, Catherine, pick another class. Pick English. Talk about writing. Do you know how much he, you would have had sex with him if you had talked about a literature class, okay? Yeah. Let's pick it up. Let's think here, Catherine. (laughs) He says Roman Empire. She says 476 AD, sacked by the Goths. He says Han Dynasty. She says 220 AD. He says Holy Roman Empire. She says not really an empire, but 1648. And he says, well, there goes your perfect score. And she says, no, that was right. He says, well, the book says 1806. And she says, okay, well, 1806 may be technically right, but it was the piece of Westphalia that truly ended the empire. And that was in 1648. Trust me. And then as soon as she says that, she realizes that it's a little suspicious. Yeah, she's like, why would I say trust me as Elena, who was notably not alive then? She says, you have done a paper on the Holy Roman Empire in high school. And I know Stefan was only in one history class with Elena, but what class? Because all you talked about was the Civil War. You wrote that paper for a class? When did he talk about that? You wrote that paper for Dr. Tanner's class? Dr. Tanner? <laughs> Dr. He's not Tanner. a doctor, Coach Tanner. I guess maybe before the events of the show, she took AP Euro. I'm guessing that's true. <laughs> I'm just being silly. But it's goofy because, you know, we've seen the history classes there. They don't really go into that. Yeah, the only <laughs> paper you wrote was about the Battle of Willow Creek, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Stefan says, okay, well, if you want to pass the test, I suggest you write down exactly what's in the textbook. Then there's a knock at the door. And Catherine says, save by the bell. Stefan says, oh, Caroline's here. I asked the sheriff to help me track down Damon. Catherine is annoyed because Caroline has become a thorn in her side. Yeah, because one thing about Caroline is she will hang out with Stefan while Catherine is trying to cultivate a romantic mood. Yes. Caroline comes in and she says, you were right. He's off the rails. This is from my mom. It's a file. And she hands it to Stefan, and Stefan says, let me guess, missing persons and animal attacks. Caroline says, check and check, but there's something else. All the victims were found inside their homes, without their head, and their skin was desiccated. And Stefan says, Damon's feeding on vampires. Quick thinking from him. Again, the last time he'll do it. This does confirm that, like, decapitating vampires kills them, which I think it fits enough in the lore. But this also, I think, Stephanie, confirms your theory that the way to kill an original is really to chop them up and separate them. <laughs> might have worked. Is I think it might have worked. I just think this is, we can learn something from this. That's why you got to be creative. <laughs> Stefan says, oh, I shouldn't have let Damon go. And Caroline says, no, okay, you are not turning Damon's roosting chickens into a Stefan Salvatore guilt trip. No one could have stopped him from going after Wes the other night, which is true. Stefan says, I guess West must have injected him with whatever he was going to give Elena that makes vampires feed on vampires. Critical thinking, the likes of which we will not be seeing for the rest of the episode. Great thought, Stefan. I'm glad you got that out early. Yeah. Caroline says, good news, bad news. Bad news is, when this happened to Jesse, we had to kill him. But the good news is, he says, I'm sorry, usually there's some good news. (laughs) She says, I thought I was going to find that on the way. (laughs) Stefan says, I have to find him. And Catherine says, well, I can come with you. And Caroline says, oh, Elena, hey, I didn't know you were here. And Catherine says, oh, Stefan's been helping me study. And Caroline says, Stefan, who doesn't go to college? Yeah, Caroline's like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And at this point, I do think Caroline is just thinking, like, Elena's 
flirting with Stefan to make yourself feel better, which is icky, but not necessarily suspicious. Yeah, I think she's just like, okay, it's kind of weird that you're leaning on Stefan and flirting with him so much. That's like a lot. Mm -hmm. And she's also like, don't sneak in on this as I was finally laying groundwork. She says, first of all, I'm finally making progress. (laughs) Because it's not like she doesn't want Elena with Damon, but she's like, I don't really want this happening again either. So this (laughs) isn't great. She's just kind of like, kind of just listening and learning right now. Yeah, exactly. Catherine says, Stefan, who's an expert in history. And Caroline says, "Uh uh-huh. But then she gets a call. (laughs) And Caroline, "Uh uh-huh. The call's from Tyler. And she says, oh, I haven't really spoken to him since the incident. And Stefan says, oh, the incident? You mean the time when he almost killed you? And Caroline says, yeah. She says, yeah, that's (laughs) the incident. But Caroline does answer the phone and she says, hey. Because she's right to assume that if Tyler is calling, it's for something important. After, you know, threatening to kill her. Yeah. And Tyler says, hey, have you talked to Matt? And she says, no, why? And he says, well, because it turns out Nadia has been compelling him to forget things. Now, Catherine hears this and she is none too pleased. And you know what? I just want to say thank you, Tyler, for not being a dumbass and believing the lie Matt told you last episode and telling someone about this. Again, critical thinking, the likes of which we will not see the rest of the episode. Yeah, because Matt told you this and then you got your neck snapped. Thank you, Tyler, for connecting those dots in the correct way and getting this information out. Now, it's not enough quite yet, but I like to believe it set the groundwork for the day. Yes. Tyler says, Matt said he was going to avoid her, but now I haven't heard from him. And Caroline says, you think he's in trouble? And Tyler says, I think he hasn't been home or at work, and his cell phone goes straight to voicemail. And Caroline says, okay, well, I'll come right over. And and he says, no, no, that's not why I called. And she says, no, I know, but I think that we can figure this out together. See you soon. And then Catherine says, oh, maybe I should come with you, which is actually kind of a good move to kind of make her seem less excited to go with Stefan. Well, I think she also is like, I should see what's happening with Matt telling people this. Yes. And try to convince them it's not a big deal. Well, like maybe I can pull him away and compel him really quick. Mm -hmm. Caroline says, no, no, no. You deal with Damon. We can handle this. Besides, it's time we move into the next phase of our post-breakup pre-friendship relationship timeline. Catherine says, okay, I'm going to stay out of that one. Um, I'm going to get some clothes. And Stefan, you'll pick me up at my dorm. And Stefan says, yeah, sure. And then Catherine leaves. And every day, this college gets closer and closer to Mystic Falls. Yeah, it used to be two hours away. It used to be two hours. And now at this point, they're like popping over there just to go pack a bag. Yeah, it's like at this point, they're acting like it's 30 minutes, which you know what? Fine. I would prefer it was 30 minutes. I'll take it. I actually really don't care where the college is. (laughs) I want them to go to college, but still have the Mystic Falls storyline. So this is perfect for me. Exactly. So Catherine leaves and Stefan says, bad news is Tyler hates you. Good news is. Hmm, he's joking. He's making fun of her. And Caroline's like, we all know it. (laughs) (laughs) And Caroline says, it'll be fine. You know, we both have weird ex-friend situations. And Stefan says, we? There's nothing weird going on between Elena and me. Caroline's like, I walked in on you studying history, dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think I'm an idiot? (laughs) She says, come on, Stefan. First, she tells you she's going to fight to get Damon back. Then she re-breaks up with him, and now she's here with you, her ex, studying? Great thought process, Caroline. Let's keep taking that. Let's take that a step further. Honestly, the best thing Catherine does this episode is separate Stefan and Caroline, because they would have gotten to this point, they would have gotten to their conclusion at this part of the episode if they had not split up. Yeah. But oh well. Stefan says she's here with her friend studying, without the implied quotes. Be serious. Somebody has the implied quotes. (laughs) Caroline says, look, I'm just saying, Elena and Damon's breakup is messy, and you are not messy. You're stable and sane, 
And he says, and I'm about to spend 12 hours in a car with her alone. So whatever she's feeling, I'm sure I'll be able to figure it out. You'll certainly be able to figure it out. Um, yeah, you'll you'll do the wrong move with the information. I'll give you that right now. Yeah. Then we go over to the Whitmore dorm. Catherine is packing a suitcase. A little bit much, girl. For a 12-hour road trip, supposedly. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> she calls Nadia and she says, hey, what the hell is going on with Matt? And Nadia is at a cafe with Matt. Matt's having breakfast. And Nadia says, nothing. And Catherine says, really? Because Goldilocks and the Big Bad Wolf are meeting to powwow about him as we speak. And Nadia says, okay, fine. Matt found out about you. And Catherine says, he what? Because Catherine's like, him? I thought I was safe with him. I was worried about Stefan. I was worried about Caroline. I was worried about Damon. But Matt? <laughs> Nadia says, Tyler gave him Vervain. And Catherine says, okay, kill him. And Nadia says, Catherine. And Catherine says, kill him now. And I know that she's like, not really giving this directive, but that would make it worse if Matt were dead, Catherine. Oh, yeah. Well, she doesn't care. Yeah. I think because she knows at this point, it's pretty clear her time is limited. I think she's somehow tricking herself into the idea that once they figure her out, she can get away, which is stupid. But I think at this point, her goal is to have sex with Stefan. She's done with all the other goals. She's like, I just got to get it in today. And then I'll figure the rest out later. Well, I think there's a part of Catherine, however delusional it may be, that thinks if she can make enough headway with Stefan before she gets found out, that when she gets found out, he's like, oh, okay, actually, I guess I'm just in love with Catherine. Yeah, he'll like let her stay in Elena's body. Like, oh, I thought I was falling in love with Elena, but it was Catherine the whole time. I guess I'm in love with Catherine. Now I'm going to date her. Yeah, I think she thinks that at least a little bit. I think her like logical brain is like, that's not likely. But then she can't stop herself from being like, but maybe. But he could. Um, you know, maybe when she was aging and dying, she got like some mental illness that didn't really leave for the new body. I think Catherine has always had a little bit of a mental illness. She's Yeah, it's like you said last week. She's always been delusional. But it's always worked, so she never clocked it as delusional. Yeah, she's like, well, it's not delusional if it's true. And yeah, that's... Like, yes, but also... But also it is still delusion. You just got lucky. It's still delusion until it's true. Nadia says, look, Mac doesn't need to die. The verbane will be out of his system soon, and I've kept him out of sight for two days, so he hasn't told anyone. And Catherine says, so you two have just been tucked away, canoodling? Nadia says, I don't even know what that means. Because where would she have learned that? Yeah. Catherine says, look, we all love Matt Donovan. Girl, who is we? <laughs> who the fuck is we? Who said that? Even if we're taking we as the whole group on the show, which Catherine, you're not proud of that we. It's Elena, kind of Caroline, kind of Bonnie. Tyler too, and Jeremy. Yeah. But I do think Stefan and Damon could take or leave Matt. Yeah, Stefan and Damon could take or leave him. And I do think if it came down to the wire... Carolina and Bonnie could take or leave Matt, even Elena. Like, I don't think they'd choose it, but I think it'd be like, you could kill him. Well, in the right lineup, like say we're in a situation where Elena can save Damon or Matt. Oh, I wonder who she's picking. Yeah. Sorry. Catherine says, otherwise he would have been dead a long time ago. But when it comes to keeping my new doppelganger body secret, nobody is that important. I'm going out of town with Stefan because he wants to find Damon. And Nadia says, I thought you wanted Damon out of the picture. And Catherine says, yeah, I do, but I saw an opportunity to be alone with Stefan for a few days and I took it. Nadia says, well, what happens when you get too close, too comfortable? What happens when you slip up? Will you kill your precious Stefan too? 
And Catherine says, using my own words against me. That's a Petrova specialty. Because Catherine doesn't want to answer that because she knows the answer is no. Yeah. She says, well, she that's different. She knows she just got got. Yeah. <laughs> she says, take care of the mad issue before I get back to town or I'll have to do it myself. And they hang up. Matt across the table says, you know, it'll be fine. I just need to convince my friends I'm okay. I'll keep your secret. No one has to die. And you know what? We talk a lot of shit on Matt Donovan on this podcast. In fact, we just talked <laughs> shit about him not 30 seconds ago. <laughs> but Matt is playing Nadia like a fucking fiddle from the beginning of the episode. Literally, this is the dumbass Olympics, and Matt is not meddling today. He is dead last in dumbassery for once in his life. He's so kinging lately. Again, when Matt Donovan kings, he kings spectacularly. Because Nadia has a soft spot for Matt, and it's similar to the soft spot Rebecca had for Matt, but Nadia's not quite as crazy as Rebecca, so she's easier to manipulate. What is really good about Matt is he doesn't question why people have a soft spot for him. Stefan questions stuff like that. Damon questions stuff like that. But Matt is like, that girl likes me? Okay, sure. Because we forget he may be dumb and not the hottest one on this show, but he is the quarterback of a small town football team. So he knows how to handle a girl who's into him. Yeah, he's not turning him down. You know what? He's king this episode. I have to stand by it. And- he also can see this bad mother relationship. And he said, I can plug into that one. Finally, something I have expertise in. Yeah, he knows exactly how to play Nadia like a fiddle because of the mother relationship and knowing a bunch of crazy girls, honestly. Yeah, he's hooked up with his fair share of crazies. Let's yeah. be honest, Elena, Caroline, Rebecca, all their own brand of crazy. All crazy in different ways, absolutely. And all lovable in their own ways, but crazy. Matt gravitates toward a crazy girl because he doesn't really have much going on. So I think he likes to be kind of just like there. And I mean, he's got mommy issues. Let's say it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's put it out there. <laughs> let's put it out there. I mean, of course, he's going after crazy girls. We met his mom. We yeah. met Vicky. He likes to be taking care of people. Yeah. Whole thing. And it pays off for once in his life. I know. Unfortunately, he does get it compelled away, so he won't even remember. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> One time. That is the problem, and that's why he should be a vampire. Yeah. Nadia grabs the syrup, and Matt kind of flinches because he's still scared of her. And she says, relax. I'm not going to syrup you to death. Also, what is canoodling? She's got business to attend to. Yeah, she's like, I have a question. We go back over to the farmhouse. Damon is propping the dead farmer's body up on a chair. And Enzo says, I didn't realize you like to play with dolls. And Damon says, yeah, well, my brother likes to make a big show, set them up, put their heads back on, pretend it didn't happen. I, on the other hand, don't give a crap. I mean, you still put the guy in the chair. You didn't put his head back on, but. He appears to throw the head in like the lap, something yeah. a little goofy. Get a little Silly surrealist goofy. with it. Mm -hmm. He's having fun <laughs> within the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, as, as much fun as you can have here. Enzo says, okay, well, we've got about eight hours before you need to feed again. I wonder what New York is like these days. And Damon says, crowded. And Enzo says, perfect, let's go. They grab their jackets and they start to head out, but they hear some chanting outside. And Enzo says, oh, what's that? And Damon says, it's the obnoxious theme song of the Travelers. Now, guys, you've encountered them. You've both have encountered them before. At least try to vampire run. Well, like, you know, this it's this big farmhouse. We've had this conversation many times before. Go out the back door. Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah, maybe the spell would have already taken hold and they couldn't get out. 
but you don't need to announce yourself at the front door. Yeah. You don't need to present yourself to them. How funny would it be if you ran out the back door, vamp ran, and just viewed it from like 500 feet away and saw Dr. West just standing there at the door? How stupid would he look? Just waiting for his cue. Damon opens the front door and there are the travelers. They stand there chanting. And then Damon realizes they are stuck in the house. They can't get past the threshold. And then Wes appears in front of the door and he says, that's a man of science. He He enters to entrance booze. Literally, I hate this man. The way he comes out as a man of science, fuck off. Well, and especially as a man of science, you have a fucking crew of witches. What the fuck is science doing for you right now? Which, you know, he gets to this point. Does to address. But like, how quickly he left his morals at the door. Yeah. He says, as a man of science, I always considered magic a cheat. Turns out, I cheat. Yeah, we know. You've been cheating. You guys have been using vampire blood for years. It's like, oh, I always considered magic a cheat. Then why are you experimenting on vampires that heal? That, that Isn't yeah. that the cheat? And isn't the real cheat kidnapping people rather than getting the appropriate waivers and safety violations in place? And isn't the real cheat calling every vampire patient zero as though you haven't killed the past three patient zeros? <laughs> guess what you gotta start counting at some point bitch guess what you're a cheat Wes says how's the appetite and Damon says funny you should ask I was just craving a blonde and Wes says you're my patient zero Damon again no he's not first Jesse was patient zero and then Elena was gonna be patient zero and then Joey was patient zero Damon's patient four Jesse went through all that and died for him to just not be in the record. Wes said, we're not counting that one. That one was a practice. Again, not to get on the science side of things. But now you have Damon, who has one Augustine number for when you tested on him. And now he's zero for when he's killing people. The records are all screwy. And he doesn't even have his tape recorder anymore. How's he keeping track of any of this? He's not even taking notes. He doesn't have the tape recorder. He's, he has one of the travelers holding the tape recorder, but he goes to listen to it and it's just the chanting and he can hear like one word from him. Because the traveler held it. it too close to his own mouth. Yeah. The, he has one traveler just like magically taking notes and that's the other cheat. Yeah. Anyway, Wes says, I couldn't let you ride off into the sunset without running a few tests. Well, actually just one test. Um, now that you're trapped with only one source of food, how long can you go before you feed on your best friend? And Damon says, first of all, Alaric Saltzman is my best friend. (laughs) And he's dead. And Enzo is some guy I know, but we're really just friends now. We're not really besties yet. Damon's like, well, I'm Enzo's best friend, but he's not my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go over to a gas station. Stefan and Catherine pull up in Stefan's little red car. Stefan's in his same fuck-ass car. (laughs) I I love that car. I think it's cute. It's fine. I think he's having fun. It's a little goofy. It's like, come on, get a get a normal car. But wouldn't it be a little goofier for Stefan to be driving a Nissan Altima? Yes. Shouldn't he have a personality? He should, but I think they went too far with it. It's like Damon's baby blue Mustang, perfect. Stefan's, it's a little too silly. What should Stefan be driving if you were the car designer for the Vampire Diaries? Well, I think, you know, there are a number of questions that come up with this. Okay. One, Ripper, when did he buy the car? Ripper Stefan or non-Ripper Stefan? So I'll give two answers. I do think this car fits Ripper Stefan. I was going to say this car fits non-Ripper Stefan. What do you think a Ripper Stefan car is? I think Ripper Stefan gets like a Ford Bronco. It has space for bodies. Where's he going to put a body in this car? He doesn't bring a body with him. But doesn't he want the space in case he wants to? I think Ripper Stefan, 
this car works, it's not what I would pick. Ripper Stefan, I'd pick a newer red sports car, a Ferrari or a Porsche. Because I think that's what Ripper Stefan would think was funny. Huh. I do I like the Bronco idea though. I think that is the right energy. I think Ripper Stefan would well. think that the Bronco is funny because of OJ. He's like, look, I'm on the run. I, I agree with that a little bit. I think so. Maybe Ripper Stefan post OJ Simpson trial. Yeah, I just think I think like Stefan reads to me non Ripper Stefan mm-hmm. as someone who like hyper focuses on something anything to not crave the taste of blood, and classic cars is like one of his hyper focuses. I do think that's a great point. So he spent a long time looking for a unique and special car, hence why this car makes sense. Ripper Stefan, I don't think is putting that much focus on it because he just wants a car that can get him from point A to point B and maybe have a hostage if he wants one. I do agree that he's probably not taking a ton of hostages, but I think he wants the extra storage space, a Honda CRV or like a Jeep, a Jeep or a hu- honestly, 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 a Hummer. I think a Hummer is a good call. Ripper Stefan buys a Hummer. I think my issue with this car for non-ripper Stefan is I don't think Stefan would pick red. I think he would. I think non-ripper Stefan is getting like a BMW S class. I see what you're saying that. Or it's Mercedes S class or I don't know what it is. I don't He's care. getting like one of those luxury sedans. Sure. I think he wants something a little zippier. And also non-ripper Stefan, again, because he's hyper-focusing on not being focused on blood, he would be like, I want to have red things that bring me joy that aren't blood. And so he wants his car to be red. I feel like that's a misread. I feel like he would avoid red because he wouldn't want to see it and look and think of blood. Well, okay, I think but he how would about want this? Like a cream interior so he doesn't want to drink any blood because he doesn't want to mess up the interior. I think that's a good point. This is how I think his thought process goes. A car smells like a car, right? Go with me on this. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I get that. That, that, that sounds right. <laughs> so far so good. So then he's looking at the red car and he's smelling a car. So then he's associating red with things other than blood. And then he starts drinking gasoline. It's better than human blood, relatively. It's more expensive. I don't think he drinks it. I think it's just so that he can focus on something that isn't. I think Stefan, when he's trying not to drink human blood, wants to focus on a hobby that will distract him. And what better way than an old classic car that he needs to wax almost daily to keep it that shiny? Well, it's like, to get rid of one addiction, you have to have another. So I think over time, Stefan picked up a number of addictions that would distract him from blood. Unfortunately, he always relapses. So he's picked up a bunch of them. That's how journaling came into the picture. Sure. He said, every time I want to drink blood, I journal. Now, every time he wants to drink blood, he washes his car. I don't know. That's my analysis of this car for him. I think that's a fair read. I just, I feel like he was into classic cars as a distraction. And then he became a ripper and he was like, oh, I got to get me a cherry red one. And then sure. he just kind of stuck with this one after. I think the red is my sticking point on it. I just think if he were in his Ripper way, he wouldn't want to waste time at a car dealership. It doesn't waste that much time. He goes in, he kills the dealership, he takes the car he wants. He kills the dealer. What time is he waiting? He kills the dealer. He takes well, but the car he wants. He has to shop for the perfect cherry red car. I think if he's a Ripper, the color is the main priority. I think the rest kind of just who's there. <laughs> I think Ripper Stefan just doesn't have the time for that. Agree to disagree. Anyway, so so he drives his car. <laughs> he drives his silly little car. <laughs> and Catherine says, you ever think about getting a new car? And she also is over this car, much like me. <laughs> yeah. And Stefan says, what are you talking about? This car is a classic, just like me. 
Nathan says, yeah, and so is the Wright Brothers plane, but you don't see people flying around in that thing. People fly by planes a lot, actually, <laughs> Catherine. Except you literally do. Stefan says, you know, I appreciate you being here, but you didn't have to come. And she says, I told you, I'm doing this for you because you're still holding on to the hope that this is the time Damon can be saved. Now, Elena waited a long time and through a lot worse drama for Stefan to be saved. So yeah. She would absolutely believe Damon can be saved, but Stefan's not there yet. That's fine. Dumbassery. Stefan says, you don't think he can? Look, I know he crossed a line with Jeremy, but he's crossed a lot of lines before. And Catherine says, you mean when he actually killed Jeremy? Yes, I recall. Yes, that's exactly the time. Yeah, to be fair, that was a really early line crossed. You forgave him for that long ago. Stefan says, I'm just saying you've never really closed him off like this before. So it feels like Stefan is getting closer, but unfortunately, he's just a man who gets distracted by her feminine wiles. Yeah, and she's, you know, she's got her full Elena look on. She's got a Henley. Now, she did pick a kind of see-through Henley, and she did pick it burgundy, but it is a Henley nonetheless. Mm Mm-hmm. Catherine says, yes. I mean, obviously, I still care about Damon. I guess I just, I got my hopes up too many times. I want off the emotional roller coaster that is Damon's redemption. It's dizzying. When has Elena ever not wanted to feel an emotion, except for the time that she turned off her humanity? Yeah, but that's the obvious. But that's a a different thing. The bitch (laughs) loves to be dizzy by emotion. That's her favorite thing. She loves emotions. Why else would she have befriended Aaron Whitmore? There's literally no other reason. She loves her humanity. She wants a roller coaster. She wants on that roller coaster. She wants a bumpy, bumpy roller coaster. And the thing is, too, I mean, and I know that I see what Catherine's doing here. But the thing is, too, like a lot of the things that Elena accepted about Damon was before she was even dating him, before she was even in love with him. She forgave Damon for killing Jeremy and they hadn't even kissed. Yeah. I mean, I get this argument that she's going with because it's kind of the one argument she has yeah to be dating stefan instead but stefan should be flagging this of like why is this random friend you've known for a week and a half the line that you can't get past with damon yeah and him kidnapping jeremy he's kidnapped jeremy so many times at this point that's not even worth thinking about and then she says are you hungry i'm starving and he says oh sure what do you want and he like points at the gas station because he's gonna go inside And she says, whatever you're having, but with a lot more salt and maybe covered in chocolate. What the fuck does she think he's having? He's having. Yeah. What the fuck does she think they offer at a gas station? He's like, so cheddar and sour cream ruffles. Yeah. Slushy. Candy chip. Hostess cupcake. A family of one of those would be helpful. Yeah. Just, you know, an aisle to pick at least. (laughs) Yeah. But he says coming right up and he goes in. And then she opens the trunk, which is where the engine lives, because it's a weird car. Yeah. And she's some, like, pipe, tube, hose, whatever. And she pulls it off. Just yanks it right off. Not even a little bit subtle. There's, like, a cartoonish, like, line where Zig-zag. it was broken. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't look realistic. Like, it doesn't even, it's not like it, like, looks like it wore down and fell off. Like, it looks like someone snapped it off. Yeah. And I was like, well, Stefan's surely going to catch that. That's weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, nope. take a weird little bolt off the bottom of something. Take the gas. I'm sure there's something at the bottom of the gas can that she can like unscrew if it's a TV show. Or take that little pump. Yeah, a gas pump. <laughs> a gas pump. Take the little pump handle out, switch it out, fill the car with diesel. And then she just like sexily walks up to the side of the car and reclines on it. We go back over to the farmhouse. Damon throws a chair through a window. 
But surprise, surprise, they're still stuck inside. No duh. And Enzo says, give it up, mate. Those travelers sealed this whole place up tight. And Damon says, okay, well, the spell can't last forever. And Enzo says, it doesn't have to. Wes only needs it to last eight hours, remember? Then he can come back inside and autopsy my mangled corpse. Damon slides down a wall pretty dramatically and says, you're pretty zen about all this. And Enzo says, did you forget everything I taught you in that cell? Calmer heads will always prevail. That's a lesson. That is a lesson. And Damon says, always the soldier. And Enzo says, you know, hate to be bringing this up, but you do have people we can call. Enzo's like, I would call someone if I knew literally anyone except you. But I don't. (laughs) But he's like, but you do. He says, you know, like your brother or your ex, you know, they could in turn find Wes and threaten or maim him or anything that doesn't involve your fangs on my neck. Because Enzo's like, look, I'm calm and we have some time, but... You know, I would like to not be in the situation where I get bit tonight. And Damon says, well, actually, my brother told me to leave and not come back. So I'm not calling him. And Enzo says, so my life is not worth your pride. And Damon's like, I mean, you got the nail on the head there. Damon says they won't come. And Enzo says, or they will. Enzo's like, it cannot possibly hurt to call them. (laughs) Then Enzo says, oh, but then you might hurt them. Don't want to risk that, do you? Me, on the other hand. (laughs) And Damon says, I'm not going to feed on you. I'll find another way. And Damon makes no effort to make a plan until we check in with him later, which then he still doesn't make a plan. Yeah, as though he doesn't have eight hours to think. Yeah, his plan is literally just like, I'm not going to feed on you. You have to think of something else. It's like, I just won't bite you, though. (laughs) That doesn't sound like something I would do. (laughs) It's like, yeah, well, that hence the virus. Yeah, that's why there was an injection. (laughs) Yeah. We go over to the Lockwood house. Caroline has arrived. She sits down. Tyler brings her a mug. And they're just sitting. No one wants to say the first word here. Yeah. He says, mm, that's good coffee. I know Tyler doesn't know how to use a coffee pot. There's absolutely no I know way. it in my heart of hearts. He's an espresso and back. Yeah. He says, although I usually take mine with a little more awkward silence. They laugh. It breaks the ice. He says, nice try, but you don't take anything with silence. Ha 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 ha. They laugh. They giggle. Ice broken. She says, so Matt, he's missing? And Tyler says, well, I don't know if he's missing. He just hasn't been home in two days and he's not answering his phone. That's missing for your purposes, King. What else would you call that? Where is he going to go? He's not going to come back to the mansion he got for free? And then, as if on cue, as if someone outside were eavesdropping, Matt comes in. And Caroline says, Matt? And Matt says, Caroline, what are you doing here? And Tyler says, kind of wondering the same thing. Where the hell have you been? Matt's like, I thought I only had to lie to Tyler. Shit. He's like, oh God, we got a real thinker here. Nadia comes to the door, pretends she doesn't see anyone. And she says, oh, did you get my sunglasses? Oh, oh. And she sees everyone. She says, hi. And she says to Matt, I thought you said they wouldn't be home. And Caroline's already suspicious. She's like, no. She says, okay, rewind. (laughs) Start over. This whole time you've been with Nadia? Matt says, it's a long story. Nadia, come in. She comes in. Now, if I'm Caroline or Tyler, I'm tackling him before he can invite her in. You can tell me this story with her on the porch. That is not a game we're playing. Why the fuck did we transfer the deed to you if you're just going to invite anybody in willy-nilly? Yeah. And I mean, it was one thing he invited all his friends in. Sure. But now he's inviting any vampire, you know? Didn't we learn that from the Gilbert house? Isn't that a lesson? Next, we're going to have to burn down the Lockwood Mansion. We go back over to the gas station. Stefan is investigating his car. He finds the broken hose. He's he's shocked. He He's like, I don't know how this naturally happened in my car. 
Answer, it didn't. He takes the putt out and he says to Catherine, well, he says it to what he thinks is Lena. He says, hey, can you hold this? Careful, it has grease on it. She says, oh, okay. And then he says, I have no idea how this hose ripped out, but we're not going to be able to go anywhere until I get a new one. I guess I'll see if that mechanic has a spare. Yeah, good thing you're at a gas station with a mechanic. Yeah, that's why if Catherine were smart, she would have had this happen down the road. But unfortunately, for the rest of her plan to work, she also needs to be near a hotel. Yeah, she needed a hotel, but not a mechanic. And he only stopped for gas one time. Well, he actually probably stopped for gas a lot, but I guess she got impatient. (laughs) Yeah, this thing cannot get good mileage. Um, But she, she saw a hotel and she said, that'll do. And then because Catherine can see she needs to have some excuse to get to the hotel, she rubs a bunch of grease on her shirt. Rest in peace, the cutest hen the Elena's ever worn. I know Elena was pissed. <laughs> she said, this fucking bitch ruined my sexy Henley. <laughs> Stefan turns around and sees the grease on her shirt. And he says, you weren't careful at all, Stefan. <laughs> Stefan, why would, <laughs> how, it's one pipe. How did she get this much grease on her accidentally? It's like in a line on her shirt. She obviously rubbed it on her shirt. Did you hear her like, fumbling with the pipe behind you how would this have happened but he's i mean the stupidity is turned on maybe he inhaled some fumes from the car maybe she says what oh my god i love this shirt stefan says you loved this shirt and she says great awesome that's just awesome and she's just touching her face (laughs) like brushing her hair out of her face touching her cheeks everything (laughs) and stefan says okay now there's grease all over your face And she says, uh, no, no. He says, oh, man, well, you've got all that engine stuff on you, and I clearly have to change. I saw a hotel a couple streets down that way. Do you think we should get a room so we can shower while we wait for the car? She is fucking all business today. She said, I just need to get to a hotel. It's so funny because Stefan knows this is suspicious, because why wouldn't she just go to the bathroom at the gas station? And yeah. wipe herself off. It just, he's so stupid. He's so, so stupid. He is, I mean, this scene alone probably would have gotten him the gold in the dumbass Olympics. And it just yeah. gets worse. Yeah. And this isn't even his worst moment. Exactly. He says, no, I should probably stay here in case they finish early, but like you can go. I know it doesn't matter, but this random gas station has a part for this vintage car. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But whatever. I'm ignoring it. I just have to say it. That's something we can't that's something we can't focus on. <laughs> she says, give them your phone number. I assume your phone does receive incoming calls, right? Or is it from the Han Dynasty? Just like your car. He he he. She's like, remember how much fun we had studying and yeah. how cute I am with your car and how funny I am? Remember I'm funny? Then she doesn't wait for him to make a decision to come with her or not because he already said no. So what she does is she kind of strong arms him into it, which is a good move. And she starts to walk away and she says, will you grab my bag? And then he says, sure, be right there. Dumb fuck. Because he can't say no to her like a dumbass. You should just say, no, you can carry it, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm not your boyfriend. You can carry your own fucking bag, whore. I I thought you were a feminist. (laughs) We go to the Lockwood house. Matt is pouring drinks and Nadia is sitting there. And clearly the spin they've decided is like, we are actually into each other. Thank you for your concern. Super interesting lie to go with. I do think it's kind of the best one they have. I think it's really the only option. Is to make it seem like Matt went with her on purpose. But with what was happening with Nadia and Tyler, Matt would have called them. 
I think what Nadia wanted was to be in on this conversation to make sure he didn't come back and immediately say, this is what's happening. And I think this is the only lie that gets her in the door and staying yes. there all day. I think that's true. But it's obviously a suspicious lie. Yeah. So he says, I was on my way out of town. And then there she was sitting on the front steps waiting for me. And she says, subtlety is not my strong suit. I felt bad about compelling him and bad about snapping your neck, Tyler. Again, subtlety. She's like, haha, giggle. Like, I just snapped your neck because I'm so, I'm so crazy. I'm just impulsive. It was really nothing serious. Tyler says, so why haven't you been answering your phone? Fantastic question, Tyler. And Matt says, oh, I lost it the first night. And Caroline says, the first night where? (laughs) And Nadia says, Atlantic City. I'd never been, neither had Matt. Matt says, yeah, one drink led to three, led to five. And, uh, well, the rest is kind of a blur. And Caroline says, yeah, because she's compelling you. (laughs) Caroline's not buying this for a second. And and she shouldn't. And Matt says, Caroline, I'm wearing vervain. She's not compelling. And then Caroline, I think what she wants to do is prove that that bracelet doesn't actually have vervain in it. She goes up to compel Matt and says, like, where have you been the last few days? And he says, I told you she's not compelling me. We're having fun. Now, she should take the bracelet off and do that again. Yeah. That's Caroline's dumbass move for the day. Everyone gets one. Yeah. Nadia took the bracelet off once. Why don't you try it? Exactly. And let's, you know, snap Nadia's neck while we're at it. She'll pop back up. It's really no harm, no foul. Yeah. Literally snap her neck and then talk to Matt. And guess what? Then Matt will tell the truth and you guys can run. Now, ideally, he wouldn't have invited her in before that part of the plan, but you can only control so much. Let's say lovey. And if then Matt happens to be telling the truth and they are in love, she wakes up and you say, sorry, we couldn't be too careful. Also, you snapped my neck two days ago. Kind of fair. But no. Instead, Caroline says, oh, fun. Yeah, you're having fun. Just like the time she buried you alive. Woohoo, pop open the champagne. Because Caroline's like, this is insane. Yes. Caroline's like, you guys are being idiots. (laughs) And then Nadia turns to Matt and says, I thought you said she'd be cool with us hanging out. And Caroline says, oh, what the hell is that supposed to mean? And Nadia can see that this story isn't holding water. So what she needs to do is distract them. She says, it means you've done nothing but judge Matt since he walked through that door. When everyone here knows you're not exactly winning friends with your romantic choices. Number one, how did she find out about this? I know like in the story we can expect A, that she heard about it from Catherine and that Tyler and Caroline would assume she heard about it from Matt, but still. And number two, Nadia has never even met Klaus. What does she know about how bad he is? Why would she care? And, you know, because I'm like, this is so stupid that she's using this to deflect. But good thing Tyler's there competing for the dumbass award because he's biting into this right away. And in case it wasn't clicking for him enough, Nadia says, isn't that right, Tyler? And Tyler says, I don't want to be a part of this. And he leaves. Now, would it kill him to say, hey, Nadia, it's not cool for you to talk to Caroline that way? Yeah, I guess it would kill him. Apparently. So then Caroline follows Tyler out and she says, Tyler, she is just trying to get under our skin to distract us. Thank you, Caroline. Caroline. Because why else would she bring this up? Tyler, distracted, says, from what? From your friend who was missing for two days? From the fact that you heard her asking questions about a guy named Enzo. And the story you got was that she's compelling him to talk about Catherine. And she and then she took him to Atlantic City. That's what she's distracting you from. The story that makes no sense. Tyler says, this is Matt we're talking about. Did you forget the time that he went to Europe with Rebecca after she ran his truck off the road? On the surface, I do think this is a fair comparison. Yeah. But... 
the situations are quite different. Like, he had a little bit of a friendship with Rebecca, a lot more than he had with Nadia. And also, as they were leading up to them going to Europe together, like, it wasn't like it was out of character because they knew he was kind of hanging out with her. Yeah. Him going with Nadia to Atlantic City is weird. Well, part of the reason he went to Europe was because everyone else was leaving and he's like, I want an adventure. Do you think he went on his whole, like, multi-month European trip with Rebecca and now he said, I'll go to to Atlantic City with Catherine's daughter and skip work that like just it doesn't sound like him yeah and so Caroline says you're not seriously buying all this because she's like you cannot be meddling at the dumbass Olympics today (laughs) and he says no I will Tyler (laughs) says well it's a hell of a lot easier to buy than other things that have happened and he leaves this is objectively harder to buy (laughs) yes it's much easier to buy that Caroline's up with Klaus hello you seen the sparks but He doesn't want to hear that. So Nadia slayed by bringing up Klaus because she really, it did exactly what she wanted it to do. She had Tyler to leave. (laughs) She said, thank God he's dumb. We go over to the hotel. Catherine and Stefan have checked in. They come in and she does like a spin. She feels the bed. She is acting like Catherine. She is so giving Catherine. I think it's just been too long of her and Elena's body. She cannot hide it. Yeah. It's getting worse. So Stefan has her bag in, her, in his hand and he says, what'd you do? Bring your entire closet? Red flag, King. Yeah. She says, well, I didn't know how long we'd be gone. And let's be honest, Damon's spirals require a little more than an overnight bag. And while she does this, she grabs two little bourbons from the minibar. Elena has never grabbed bourbon that fast in her life. Yeah. She would wait for Stefan to grab it. Like in the Salvatore house, maybe she'll pour a cup, but she's not going to a mini bar for bourbon. It's just a lot of Catherine signs right now. And she would only do it after she's had a particularly long day at the Salvatore house. Mm-hmm. She, today, they went to get gas and they went to the mechanic. Like it's not a hard day for Elena. Yeah. Anyway, Stefan says, we'll get him back. He's hurt, but he's not a lost cause. And Catherine says, what makes you think that? Catherine said, can you please admit he is? She's like, can you please change your mind? <laughs> Stefan says, because I know what he's going through. And she says, what do you mean? And Stefan says, you don't know what it's like being in love with you. You know, when you and I were together, every single atom in my body told me that it was the right thing, that we were the perfect fit. And that kind of love, it can change your whole life. And then when somebody who made you feel that way suddenly stops, the vacuum is just, (sighs) Stefan, I need you to get the fuck up. You can't be doing this anymore. (laughs) You can't be doing this. And Catherine is sitting here eating this up as though he's talking about her. And it's like, <laughs> Catherine, do I need to remind you you're not Elena? Like, I fear I do. <laughs> Catherine says, oh, trust me, you know, I get it. They built a whole prophecy around it. And the prophecy that Elena doesn't believe in, but okay. Yeah, but sure, bring it up. <laughs> Stefan says, he's not handling it right, but he's not gone. And at this point, he has cleaned off his bourbon. It has been less than a minute. It is empty in there. (laughs) And Catherine says, you need a refill. She goes to grab his glass out of his hand and their fingers touch and they let their hands linger there. It's like Stefan. Catherine is doing that on purpose and I would love if you wouldn't fall for it so easily. But he's just a man. Stefan says, I should go wash up. And she says, Kay. But she smiles because she says, oh, yes, it's working. She's like, yeah, we're almost there. Everything's going according to plan. She said, I have a really fun idea for what I'm going to do with the shower. Yeah, I can't wait to get in the shower. That's my stage. (laughs) We go back over to the firm house. Enzo has chains. They're towing chains, which are here because this guy was a farmer. Enzo says, farmer's best friend. And in about an hour, mine. Uh, Take a seat. So they've been here seven hours at this point. And finally, Enzo found some chains. I just. (laughs) 
Damon sits in the chair and says, you know, they're not going to let us out of here until I kill you or you kill me. And Enzo says, don't be dramatic. We'll work something out. And Damon says, there's no cure for this. And Enzo says, you've given it all of two days. <laughs> Enzo's like, you need to get over it. Like, I survived in captivity for 60 years. You can survive a curse for a week. A curse, a virus. Virus. Curse, same thing. Well, not really. Enzo says, but that's what you do, isn't it? That's your problem. You run. You did it to me. You did it to your girl. Damon said, how are you saying this to me now? Damon said, well, now I kind of want to kill you. Yeah. Damon says, well, because when I stay, I destroy things. Enzo, you know, locks the chains up tight. And he says, you know, we're not all as fragile as you think we are. Which is something Damon needs to hear. Because Damon thinks he's like destroying everyone around him. It's like, they're all still here, bitch. Yeah. They've got other problems. Yeah. And then Enzo grabs Damon's phone. And Damon says, what are you doing? And Enzo says, I'm calling for backup. And Damon says, I thought I told you not to call them. And Enzo says, yeah, and I told you your pride isn't worth either of our lives. Yeah, Enzo's like, that's why I waited to call them until I chained you up. Yeah, he's like, I never agreed to that. He said, I thought that plan was dumb as soon as you said it. (laughs) Damon kind of tries to break out of the chair. And then Enzo calls, we don't know who, but then we go over to the hotel. Catherine is puffing up the pillows. Bitch, if you don't. (laughs) She's insanely goofy. She does hear the phone vibrate. It is Stefan's phone. But she doesn't ignore it. She looks at it. She sees it's from Damon. She puts on an Elena voice and she says, oh my God, Damon. She like rolls her eyes and then is like, okay, I can do my performance on the phone. (laughs) She's acting. Enzo says, hello, Stefan. How wonderful to hear your beautiful feminine voice. She says, Enzo, what the hell do you want? And he says, okay, well, I'm actually in a spot of trouble. And she says, where's Damon? And Enzo says, oh, he's here salivating about to chomp into my neck and feed until my head falls off in a grotesque but slightly comical fashion. Great way to describe it. Yeah, the writer <laughs> said, we know it's going to look a little goofy. Let's just get ahead of it and address it. The writer said, look, we get that the head thing when Damon does it is not scary the way it was when Stefan did it. Now it's kind of funny. And we're in on the joke this time. Catherine says, Wes infected him. And Enzo says, oh, you know about the virus. Good. So the thing is, we could use a hand. Wes enlisted some of those singing witches and trapped us in this house. Damon, from where he is, yells like, do not come here. And you can see Catherine be like, I wonder if I can actually listen to that. (laughs) Enzo says he doesn't want to risk feeding on you. It's sweet of him, really, but you'll be fine. Besides, if he does feed on you, I have orders to kill him. A light bulb goes off. She says, kill him, you say? She says, kill Damon, you say? (laughs) She says, okay, well, text the address to my phone and we'll be there as soon as we can. And Enzo says, okay, uh, but TikTok, I've managed to restrain him, but you know how persistent Damon can be when he wants something. And Catherine says, okay, we'll be there soon. She hangs up. Stefan pops his head out of the bathroom. He's already got a shirt on, unlike some people in this bathroom. (laughs) And he says, hey, did you say something? She says, no. She's like, we are not leaving this hotel room until I get a kiss. That's non-negotiable. We go over to the farmhouse. Damon is struggling in the chains. And Enzo says, look, you'll be all right, mate. They'll come and we'll sort something out. And Damon says, yeah, or they'll come and I'll feed on them. And Enzo says, yeah, those are also options. As long as I'm alive, I'm good. Joking, kinda. He's like, just kidding. But, you know, I'd rather not die. I just got out of captivity. I cannot say it enough. All great comedy comes from truth. There's a little bit of truth to what I just said. (laughs) Then he gets interrupted by being shot in the shoulder. We see Wes, um, he's on the porch with the gun pointing at him. And Enzo says, oh, if you were aiming for my hurt, you missed. And Wes says, yeah, don't worry. I wasn't aiming for your hurt. (laughs) 
Wes says, you know, the chains were a good idea. Now I can see exactly how strong he becomes when enraged. How many variables are you testing in this experiment? It's all over the place. (laughs) Damon smells the blood on Enzo's shoulder and his veins appear. And he breaks out of the chains remarkably fast. Wes says, okay, conclusion, very strong. Damon runs at Enzo. And Enzo throws Damon to the ground, which knocks over a lantern. And so for a second, it looks like a fire is going to start, but it doesn't catch. Enzo says, boy, do I miss those indestructible Augustine cages right about now? (laughs) He's like, actually, there were benefits to captivity, I fear. Yeah. Damon's veins appear again, and he starts to feed on Enzo. And Enzo says, Damon, please stop. And Wes watches this happen. And it looks pretty bad for Enzo for a second. But then we start to hear something hiss or burn a little bit. And Damon starts coughing up the blood, and he lets go of Enzo of his own accord. Mm -hmm. And Enzo turns to Wes. He's like, hey, what did you do to him? And Wes says, my friends here raised the acidity of your blood. There must be some witchy explanation for it, but Damon's basically drinking hydrochloric acid. I suggest you leave before the spell wears off. The witchy explanation was they used a spell. Yeah, it's he's like, I found my new experiment for Augustine. And it's like, (laughs) again... It's magic. (laughs) Enzo says, where am I going to leave? Like, where am I going to go? Somewhere with you? And Wes says, there's one more thing I need from you. Then I'll let you go for good. The other option is to stay in here with your cannibal friend and see how long you last. Damon white fangs Enzo. He says, go, Enzo. I tried to kill you. I'll do it again. And Enzo does go. So out of curiosity, what do you think Wes needs from Enzo? Where is he sending Enzo right now? That's a super good question that I didn't think about till this moment. I kind of figured you wouldn't. Okay, so we're under the assumption that Enzo is the Augustine vampire. Mm -hmm. And we know that Wes put together this contraption kind of based off Augustine vampire blood. Sure. So maybe he wants to make more of this compound, virus, whatever it is. Sure. And somehow he needs Enzo's blood to do it. Now, if I'm Enzo, I'm booking it. Yeah, I'm out. You won't catch me. Later, I'll make some new (laughs) friends. Which, you know, if he's making this virus, I say again, he'll make an antidote. Mm-hmm. Now, he shouldn't, but... But as a man of science, he will. Yeah. That's a good guess. We go back over to the hotel. Catherine is in the shower. There's a light on in the shower, so it's very sexy. Yeah, she she did that on purpose. She's <laughs> like, if he comes in the bathroom, he's going to see the outline. She brought a lamp into the shower. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what am I going to do? Get electrocuted? I'm a vampire. Yeah. Stefan says, hey, the car is done. She turns off the shower and she says, I'll be right there. He starts to pack. She looks out and she gets, you know, a very Catherine smile on her face. She puts on a towel and she opens the bathroom door and she says, Stefan. And she's like pushing her boobs together under the towel. Yeah. There is no way your boobs are naturally that together under a towel. But she says, would you mind grabbing my shirt? The green one on top. The Henley. The Henley. The green Henley. Because I'm Elena. And no camisole. (laughs) no camisole this time (laughs) (laughs) he grabs it and brings her the shirt and she says thanks some sexy like elevator music is playing it is very elevator music-esque it's very like which is crazy because there must have been some song on the radio at this point that would have worked but they spent their whole budget on this episode on radioactive (laughs) yeah they said man those imagine dragons really took us for a ride in the licensing (laughs) yeah Imagine dragons. How about imagine a robbery? (laughs) She takes the shirt. She doesn't close the door, which Stefan, again, I'm begging you to think critically. 
why would Elena at all leave a crack in the door? She would have closed that door so fast your head would have spun. And also, you know, we get in, we don't get into this later, but she comes out in the jeans and the shirt. So she brought the jeans into the bathroom with her for post shower, but she didn't grab the shirt. Why even bring the jeans in? Just Winnie the Pooh it. And she's definitely wearing a bra when she yeah. gets the Henley on. So she brought a bra in. She brought a bra in, but didn't put that on before she asked for the Henley. It's just Stefan. But again, he's just a man. He's horny. He's just a man. He can't help it. He like looks because the door's open. He can't help himself. Yeah, why wouldn't he? And she drops the towel so she's like naked and she just like fusses with her hair for like 15 seconds. Yeah, it's like her back to the door and she is like just slinking back and forth, playing with her hair. She's doing a performance. Yeah. And he checks her out. She puts on the shirt. And so he turns away because he's like, okay, I can't be watching. (laughs) And then she comes out of the bathroom and she comes up behind him and she touches his arm and he turns to her and they share longing looks. And she kisses him first. He's freaked out, but he does like kiss her. He continues the kiss. Then he pulls away. And he's like, wait, no, no. And then she like looks at him for a second. And then she kisses him again. She says, no, bitch. She says, no, you are not pulling away from me. She said, get on board. This train is leaving the station. And here's my thing. I know Catherine is using that tongue like crazy in this kiss. And I feel like the longer this kiss goes on, it's just more clues that it's Catherine. Because I'm sure she's a different kisser than Elena. Oh, yeah, I'm sure of it. But Stefan's distracted. Mm -hmm. And finally, Stefan pulls away again. And he finally gets a thought out. He says, wait a minute. This is wrong. You and Damon just split up. And then Catherine actually does a smart move here, which is that she agrees. She says, you're right. Sorry, I was just in the moment. I shouldn't have. Girl, what moment? The moment you created. Yeah, you made the moment. (laughs) Stefan should be like, you mean the moment of you being naked in the bathroom and dancing around for me? You mean the moment of you putting on a Henley? Don't you do that every fucking day? What kind of moment? (laughs) And he says, we have a long night ahead of us. Maybe we should. And she says, yeah. Why don't you go settle up the bill and I'll finish packing? And he goes and she smiles. She's like, that went perfectly. No notes. (laughs) She said, okay, I got a kiss. I am steps away from having sex with him at this point. And she makes a call. And she says, who do you think Stefan loves more? Damon? Or Elena. It's Nadia on the other line. And she says, why are you calling me? Because Nadia's like, how much do I have to talk about these people? Yeah. <laughs> Nadia, meanwhile, is playing cards with Matt. Catherine says, Damon has been infected by the Ripper virus. And I know exactly where he is. So if I can get Damon to attack me, the only way to save me would be for Stefan to kill him. Unfortunately, Catherine fails to come up with the third option, which is Stefan sacrificing himself to yeah. save both of them. Which, if she knew Stefan at all, she would have guessed that would be the option he went with. Yeah, you think Stefan's going to be like, oh, I have to kill Damon or Elena, but not me. Of course he's going to kill himself. No one's trying to kill Damon at all, except you, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Nadia says, you're going to make Stefan kill his brother? That's dark even for you. Matt, of course, clocks this comment because he's like, what the fuck is happening over there? But it's not like Matt cares that much about Damon. Well, and he, I think he's kind of like, what am I going to do about that? Like, yeah, I can only fight my battles. He's like, Stefan can figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they're going to figure that out on their own. Catherine says, thank you. So how goes it with Maddie Blue Eyes? Dead yet? And Nadia says, still working on it. Good luck with your plan to win Stefan's love. And that is such a red flag, because what do you mean still working on it? You had to kill Matt. That can't take longer than two minutes if you actually want to do it. It's a two-step plan. 
Take off the Gilbert ring, snap his neck. It's easy. So then we go over to the Lockwood house. Matt and Audrey are playing cards. And Matt goes in for the kill. Matt begins to king here so severely. Matt says, so I'm curious. We spent a few days together now. And Nadia says, canoodling? And he says, yeah, exactly, whatever. He says, sure. <laughs> he says, whatever you want to call it. He says, it seems like you went through all of this trouble to save your mom, but she only seems interested in Stefan. And Nadia says, first of all, get your foot off my neck. <laughs> Nadia says, it's Catherine, okay? I didn't expect mother-daughter boozy brunches. And Matt says, yeah, but you did expect something. He got her there because she's like trying to deflect like, well, I didn't expect us to go to brunch. And he's like, but you did hunt your mom down. So you wanted something from her. And yeah. Nadia really cannot get her footing back in this conversation after that. Exactly. Nadia says, are you going to play a card or what? Girl, he already did. <laughs> he said, girl, my card is out. He said, my card is your mom hates you. <laughs> he says, look, I've been where you are. My mom used to disappear for weeks at a time and then show up one day out of the blue like nothing happened. And before you know it, I'd be at the stove making her a grilled cheese. Nadia says, this isn't like that. Cool. Yeah, Catherine hasn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Matt says, isn't it? She decides when you're worth it on her watch. But guess what? You're never going to be as interesting as the next guy she wants to sleep with. And this hit a little too close to home, so Nadia's got to deflect. So she says, Matt, you'd say anything to help Elena. I'm not an idiot. Matt's like, um, I definitely would, but this is just me reacting to what's in front of me. Yeah, and then Matt gets her immediately. He says, mm, you are an idiot if you think Catherine is going to choose you because she's not. Ooh, king. <laughs> got her there. He really ate with this. I I love it when he kings. It, it's happened like three times, Yeah, but he did it this time. It's so true. Nadia says, do you know why you found yourself making all those sandwiches? Because the second your mom walked back into your life, you forgot all those horrible things she did. Because at the end of the day, she's still your mom and you love her. Now give me your wrist. Now, Nadia, what you don't know, he hasn't seen his mom in like three years. So this actually isn't the gotcha you think it is. Yeah, he's like, no, I don't really love my mom. <laughs> he said, no, I don't make any sandwiches anymore. That was when I was 15. The only grilled cheese I make is for me. <laughs> the only people getting grilled cheese in my house is me, myself, and I. <laughs> she feeds on his wrist a little bit, and she says, great, the vervain is gone, our fun is over. And Matt, this is also, Matt did this well with Rebecca, too. He knows when a girl is into him, and he knows exactly how to leverage that. So he says, wait, since I'm going to forget this anyway, and then he kisses her. And for a second, it looks like he's getting ready to medal in the dumbass Olympics. Yeah, I'm like, Matt, why are we bothering with this? I love when he makes out with a crazy girl because he loves to do this, where he's <laughs> like, hey, I guess I'm into you now. And of course, the crazy girl's like, finally, as though it's not weird that he would be. Yeah, <laughs> this whole time he's been like, I care about saving Elena. I care about saving Elena. And then all of a sudden he's like, actually, I like you. And she's like, well, of course you do. Like, girl, girl 10 seconds ago, he called you an idiot to your face. <laughs> like, come please. on. Please think this one through. Like, you're already getting embarrassed by your mother, who you hunted down for 500 years, just for her to want to fuck this dude that she knows. I need you to think. How are you getting outthought by Matt Donovan? Girl. Embarrassing. Honestly, I would ask a werewolf to bite me after this. Yeah. If I were not here. <laughs> she says, oh, what was that kiss for? And he says, thank you. You know, if I'm going to be threatened and held against my will, I could think of worse scenarios. Girl, he doesn't want to be threatened and held against his will. Why are you believing that he's romanticizing this? This is a great thing to say because he's not lying. He's like, yeah. you know, if I have to be kidnapped, I guess this was okay. Like, that's not a compliment, Nadia. 
Like it's like if I had to be forced to hang out with someone, you're not the worst person I could be forced to hang out with. Aw. <laughs> Need me a man like that. At no point, Nadia, did he say I like you or you're fun or you're pretty. He is very good at saying stuff like this that he's like not lying, but he's just not saying like anything nice and they take it nicely. But he's saying it in like a nice enough voice that they're like, oh my God, he likes me. It's like, girl, no, he's just inflecting his words. Yeah. So then she kisses him. They make out, you know, they're having fun. He like lays her down on the desk and he makes out with her and they're getting into it. And then he takes her phone out of her back pocket and while he's kissing her, starts to type a text that says, help, K. That's all he gets out. But he does hit the send button. He recognizes he can't type anything else, so he hits that send. Exactly. And, I mean, obviously this text is enough, so great. Yeah, yeah. This is a good text to get out. Help, very clearly not something Nadia would say, and just makes sense. It's a yes. big, he felt powerful enough to say that. He got the K, we can figure it out from there. Yes. I think you could make the argument that he should have started the text with Catherine, but I don't think he should have. I think help is better because it's more urgent because mm-hmm. whether or not they, it's enough to find out the information, it gets Caroline to the house that she presumably left. So yeah. then if Nadia catches him sending this text and is ready to kill him, Caroline gets there faster. Well, it's also that Caroline just sat through them lying that Matt wanted to hang out with Nadia for three days and he gets the help out. And then it's like, okay, So confirmed that was a lie. Mm -hmm. I'll get back over there. Matt, excellent work. You did it this week, buddy. I'm speechless. Not even competing in the dumbass Olympics. He got out of the dumbass Olympics in the qualifier. Again, when he kings, he kings. I can say it. She spots him typing this message, though, and she says, what the hell? Because she is like, wait, you were in love with me two seconds ago. He said, you dumbass. And then <laughs> we jump a little bit later. He, She's like tied him to a chair or something. Maybe she hasn't tied him. I think he's just in the chair. Yeah. And he says, what did you expect? Elena's my best friend. I'm always going to protect her. He's basically like, I mean, Nadia, you are an idiot if you believed that. He says, I said it before and I'll say it again. You're an idiot. <laughs> and she says, you know, it just sucks. You were the only decent person in this town. And he says, and I still am. And then he says, <laughs> and then he tries to get her again by the old classic Matt Donovan move. Tell someone they are crazy and then compliment them so they're still in love with you. He yeah. says, and so are you. You could have killed me this morning, but you didn't. You're not like her and you know it. Get that wedge in between their relationship going. Well, you still have this information because you won't belong. Exactly. And she's done with it. He's getting too close to making her change her mind so she compels him. She says, forget everything you're not supposed to know. Which I know it's going to work. Nice that that worked. But that is vague. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's vague. I get it. It works, but it's so funny. Yeah. She said, we partied. We slept together. Then I left. Goodbye. And she leaves. She's like, you are going to tell people you slept with me, though, is the thing. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to have people knowing I got rejected by you. (laughs) She heads to the door, but then she runs into Caroline, who is at the door. And Caroline says, going somewhere. And Nadia says, actually, I am. You're in my way. Matt comes out. And Caroline says, Matt, are you okay? And he says, yeah, why? What's going on here? And Caroline says, you texted me from Nadia's phone. And he looks confused. And she says, so you compelled him again. Yeah, because it's pretty obvious. (laughs) And Nadia knows that she can't deny it at this point. So she says, hmm. And they say blondes are dumb. 
And then Caroline pushes Nadia against the wall and says, what did you do to him? Tell me. Nadia overpowers her, pushes her against the wall. And Matt says, hey, Nadia, stop. And Nadia says to Matt, you may not remember this, but this is your fault. <laughs> and he's like, what? He said, how? He said, why are you in my house? <laughs> but then Tyler runs in and tackles Nadia. And he says, young hybrid beats old vampire every time. They scuffle a little bit. It's a little unclear what happens. He does get a bite in, we find out later. But he was doing this and I was like, he should bite her. And there is a sound effect. I was listening for it when I was watching. Mm-hmm. There is a sound effect that almost sounds like a bite, but then we see her like twist his neck. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not a bite. It was a neck twist. So it's a little bit absurd. They want it to be a surprise. Yeah. But she is able to run off. And Matt says, wait a second. Does anyone want to tell me how this is my fault? And it's like, Matt, do you really think this is the time? He can't even remember the way he just kinged. The one time he kings and he doesn't even get to bask in it. It's so sad. Then we go back over to the farmhouse. Damon is sitting down. He's pretty somber, pretty depressed. And then Catherine appears at the door. And he says, Elena, don't, don't. And Catherine's like, there it is. And I go. (laughs) Stefan appears behind her. Damon says, I said don't. Like, if you come in here, you guys aren't coming out. And Stefan says, what exactly happened here? Damon says, I wanted revenge. I got stuck with a vampire virus and I almost killed my last friend. Typical Damon. At least he still has a sense of humor. Yeah, at least he's <laughs> laughing. Catherine says, Enzo texted me the address here. Damon, we're here to help you. And Damon says, you can't help me. I feed on vampires now. You're both vampires. Do yourselves a favor and leave. And Stefan says, that's not going to happen. Stefan's like, okay, obviously we're not doing that. And you know that. <laughs> and then Damon vampire runs up to the threshold and his veins flash. And he says, stay back. And Stefan says, I'm not afraid of you, Damon. He looks at Catherine and he turns away. And Catherine smiles because she knows she's about to eat. And then she walks in and she says, neither am I. She, Which is so, so what Elena would do in this situation. Yes, this is actually a very convincing Elena performance. Because this is exactly the kind of dumb bullshit Elena would do. Yeah, Elena pulls this shit all the time. Damon says, no, you got to get out. But she's already stuck inside. The spell's still active. And he says, what the hell is wrong with you? And she says, I'm proving to you that you're not a lost cause, Damon. And then Stefan comes in too. Because he's like, why not, I guess. He really wants the gold in the dumbass Olympics this episode, apparently. (laughs) He's like, well, if you're both in here, I might as well come in too. Yeah. Catherine picks up a piece of broken glass and she says, see, and she cuts her own hand. And she says, Damon, you can resist this. You can do it. Why? Because you love me. And that love is stronger than any craving. And Stefan, to your knowledge, she just made out with you. And now she's like, you can overcome anything because of your love for me, Damon. Isn't that weird? She's been saying like, I'm giving up on him. I'm only doing this for you, Stefan. And now this is her approach. Just very interesting. Just, just something. Cl- I think something clockworthy. Yeah, so, something to something to think about. Uh, now, Stefan, I don't know if you're still capable of thought. I haven't seen evidence of it all episode. <laughs> so you know, just if you can, I would love it if you would have a thought. <laughs> just, just one, just one today. <laughs> just one will do. <laughs> Damon is suffering with the blood out in the open. His veins are there, and he says, "Get away from me, Elena." And Stefan says, hey, Elena, he's going to kill you. So who's afraid of Damon now? Yeah, Stefan's like, hey, Elena, um, that was a dumb move. <laughs> and to Damon's credit, the veins are going in and out. He's doing a, 
he's trying his best. Catherine says, no, he's not going to kill me. You can do this, Damon. Fight it. Turn around. Meanwhile, she's like rubbing her hand in his face. Like she is trying to get it to his nose. And he's turned away and the veins are going in and out. So she's like, okay, turn around. She needs this. (laughs) No, I need you to bite me, dumbass. And then he does turn around and he's not doing good. And she says, there you go. And then he starts to feed on her. So Stefan runs up and says, Damon, stop, let go of her. And she says, Stefan, and she kicks him a piece of wood. Like, not even a little subtle. She like, it's like she clocked the wood before he started biting her, which Catherine absolutely did. But she's like, hey, get this. (laughs) Hey, you see this wood? (laughs) And she says, he's going to kill me. So instead, Stefan looks at the wood, but he bends down and he picks up a piece of glass and he cuts his own arm. And I know Catherine got mad when she saw that. Catherine said, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Catherine's like, even if you don't hit him in the heart with the wood, at least stake him. Again, this is Catherine's downfall every time. Is She is so selfish. She didn't even comprehend that there was a selfless decision Stefan could make in this case. She thought this was a completely foolproof plan. She's like, well, Stefan's obviously going to save himself because who wouldn't? And he'll kill either me or Damon and it'll probably be Damon. Yeah, she's like, he'll have to pick between me and Damon. And if Damon's attacking me, he's going to pick Damon. Nice try, but no. So, you know, Stefan cuts his own arm and says, Damon, look over here, okay? Feed on me, not her. Damon does let Catherine go. And then he looks at Stefan and he looks at the blood on his arm. And Stefan says, feed on me. And Damon looks at it. And then Stefan snaps his neck. He's literally calling Tim like a little dog. Like, hey, Damon, come here. Come here. Try this. Have this. Have this treat, please. And then after Damon is on the ground, neck snapped, Stefan looks at Catherine and she groans in pain. But for a second, it looks like Stefan's like, why the fuck did you kick me a steak? Yeah, he kind of looks at her like, why did you think that was going to work? But it doesn't sink in. I will say snapping Damon's neck, not a dumbass move. But not yeah. realizing this is Catherine right here now keeps you at the gold medal for the dumbass Olympics. Yeah, this is kind of baseline Stefan to snap Damon's neck, get him out of a situation like this. So he doesn't get any prizes for this. Yeah, this doesn't take him out of the fucking dumb shit that he did in that hotel room. There's no overcoming that hump. Yeah, he's got the fucking 9.7. The closest behind him is at like an 8.2. Mm-hmm. Like they could overcome him, but it would take a lot. Yeah, we go over to the Lockwood house. Tyler picks up some papers that have been, you know, strewn about. And Caroline comes in and says, well, the only thing Matt remembers is that they slept together. And Tyler says, well, and Caroline says, so. And she starts to leave because she's like, okay, well. like, okay, I guess that's all the information I really needed to give you. And then Tyler says, hey, Care, I never said sorry. I was pissed, but no excuses, okay? What's the excuse for not saying sorry now? Yeah, are you going to say sorry? Because you just said I never said sorry. He said, I never said it, and I won't. I won't. Caroline says, look, we can get past this together. I just want us to be good again. And he says, I said I was sorry. I didn't say I was past it. You didn't say you were sorry. Yeah, you you didn't say either of those things. (laughs) Caroline says, of course. I mean, like, Rome wasn't built in a day, which is a little bit trivializing it. So I get why Tyler's mad, but also boohoo. But I also love him getting over this is the equivalent of building the city of Rome. Yeah. He says, how evolved do you think I am? She says, is that rhetorical? She said, well, I guess more than you are. Yeah. <laughs> it appears. He says, you slept with Klaus. 
the guy who killed my mom. What's a fair amount of time for me to get past that? A week? A month? Tell me, what sounds right to you? Now, when you say it like that, Tyler, it sounds bad. Yeah, it sounds a lot worse than it was. Can you at least say you slept with the sexy guy who killed my mom? Yeah. Carolyn says, okay, you made your point. And Tyler says, look, I'm not trying to be a dick. Just comes natural. Uh, (laughs) He says, but the idea of us being good, it's not going to happen. And she says, understood. And she goes, he'll get over this eventually. He doesn't have any other friends. That's true. The group isn't going to split up. Yeah. And Tyler, no one's siding with you. And you know that. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon has been moved into the Salvatore dungeons. Finally, we're making use of those again. Stefan is at the door of the cell. Door's open and he's leaning very sexily. And Damon is like on his knees, chained up by his wrists, also sexily. Damon says, I know you can't help yourself, but if you bring home a rabid animal, you're going to get bit. Stefan sighs and he says, I never should have told you to leave. Damon tries to lunge at him, but he is chained in. And Damon says, look, I'm going to kill you, Stefan. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but at some point, I'm going to rip open your throat and you're going to die. And Stefan says, okay, come on, Damon. You think I'm afraid of a ripper? Who do you think invented the word? He says, hey, bud, you know that feeling you get when you're around vampire blood, that burning in your veins? Yeah, I feel that on a daily basis, and there's a way to control it. And Damon's like, god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan said, you know what? I do have the right to be on my high horse right now, and he sure does. Stefan said, you know what? Maybe I actually am holier than thou. (laughs) Stefan said, you know what? I think I am better than you. I do. And now I can say it and I have evidence to prove it. Yeah. Damon says, let me guess. It'd bring you no greater pleasure than to teach me. And Stefan says, no. (laughs) Stefan says, that's a good guess. But right now, I'm going to get you a little bit more vervain. And then I'm going to get a drink. And I'm going to let you think about what a royal pain in the ass you've been lately. You're my brother. I'm not going to give up on you. I never will. And he starts to leave. But Damon says, she has. Stefan says, you're talking about Elena? She practically got herself killed to prove a point today. And then Damon has all the information he needs, but he gets the wrong conclusion. Yeah, he just connects it a little incorrectly. He says, remember the vampire ripper Jesse? When he attacked me, Elena had to kill him. But if there was the slightest chance that there was another way to stop him, she would have taken it. And Stefan says, yeah, so? And Damon says, she knew it would be impossible for me to resist her blood. And then she just kicked you a stake and essentially told you to kill me. And that's also suspicious given that she walked in knowing that. Like Damon is ignoring that part of it. Yes. What Damon saw is like, she wanted Stefan to kill me. She must have given up on me. When really he should be like, why would Elena do all that? Like why now would she decide I was worth killing? Because giving up on him versus killing him are two very different steps, but it really shows Damon's self-hatred. Yes. And Stefan says, so what are you saying? That Elena wanted me to kill you? And Damon says, you got another excuse? Stefan's like, well, give me a minute. Stefan noodles (laughs) on that. Um, He starts to leave. He closes the door. And Damon says, that's what I thought. He's starting up that... That old brain engine. Yeah, he's finally booting it up for the day. Been sitting stagnant for some time. Yeah, but he said, it's time to start thinking. <laughs> then we go over to a cafe. Catherine joins Nadia for dinner. And Catherine says, well, I could use a steak. Because Catherine's like, I had a great day today. Yeah. Nadia says, you're chipper. That must mean Damon is dead. And Catherine says, not quite. In fact, he continues to be the bane of my existence. But 
Stefan and I had a moment. Don't worry, I'll keep the details to myself, but it definitely reaffirmed his feelings for Elena, i.e. me. So it's only a matter of time. And Nadia says, sounds like you're going to get everything you want. And Catherine says, of course I will, assuming you took care of the mat situation. And Nadia says, your secret is safe. She did not say she took care of the mat situation. She did not say she killed him. Uh, but Catherine's riding too high. She doesn't really clock the specifics. Well, and she's not really interested in what Nadia went through today. She's just trying to bask in it. And she wants to be like, aren't you so excited that things went well for me today? <laughs> Catherine says, perf. So I'm in a really good mood, which means I don't really feel like worrying about whatever's making you mopey. Mom of the year. <laughs> Mother of the year. She said, you're really bringing down the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Nadia says, well, you won't have to worry about me for much longer. And Catherine says, what's that supposed to mean? And Nadia says, Tyler Lockwood bit me. And we see the werewolf bite. And Catherine is freaked. Do you think that Catherine is going to try to save Nadia? I think, honestly, she's going to have her hands full with people figuring out about her. And Nadia is just not going to rank high enough on the priority list. So do you think Nadia is going to die from a werewolf bite? Yeah. I also think Nadia, like, I think she's at this point where she sees that her mom does not give a shit about her. And she's made her entire life about her mother. So I think this is her way to go. I think also she's probably hoping that if she's on her deathbed, her mom will care about her. And that's going to hurt when Catherine's like, well, you're dying, so I'm going to go find Stefan. Yeah. And that's just not realistic of Nadia. Yeah. And, you know, Catherine can't exactly call Klaus to come cure her. But do you think she's going to try? No. I think, like, if anyone would try, it would maybe be Matt. But there's no way Matt's going to call him with the Tyler situation as is. And Klaus was just here, so. And Matt doesn't even remember the bonding that that's true. he and Nadia had. Yeah, I just think the only person who would fight to save Nadia is Catherine. And I just don't think Catherine cares enough. Mm-hmm. Or at least, like, with everything else happening, everything else will rank above. Yeah. It's also something different if I don't think we've ever gotten it confirmed whether Tyler's blood can heal. I don't think we have. Because that's a different question. Well, here's a question. She starts to catch wind that she's going to be found out. Wouldn't it behoove her to leave town anyway? And then in that case, why not save Nadia? Do you think that if she gets wind that she's going to get caught, that she's still going to try to stick with Stefan or that she's going to call it a day? I think she'd rather call it a day, but I don't think that means... Like, I don't know. I think she would take Nadia with her, but there's no way that Catherine would go ask Klaus for a favor. But Elena could. Yeah, but I think Klaus would be like, why would you want to save Catherine's daughter? Yeah. Klaus would be like, who is that? Yeah, I just don't think Klaus would care enough to give blood. He almost, he never wants to give his blood for this anyway, even though he always does. Mm -hmm. But I just don't think he'd care enough. And there's no way that Catherine can go up to any of these people and be like, we have to save Nadia. Mm -hmm. Like, no one is going to listen to that. Yeah. Unless she goes to compel Matt, which that's even bad because that'll raise alarm flags. If Matt goes up to Caroline and is like, we need to save Nadia. Yeah, he's like, we need to save Nadia and call Klaus. And Caroline would be like, "Mm, no, I'm not opening that thing again. Yeah, first of all, I'm not calling Klaus. Second of all, who compelled you to do this? Yeah, who asked you to do this for Nadia? So I just think... The writing's on the wall for Miss Nadia. And let's be honest, I mean, her clock has been ticking for some time. Yeah, we've kind of got what we're going to get. Then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Stefan comes into the living room to find Caroline by the fire. Let's get these two brains working together. 
okay, guys, let's let's discuss. We have some information. Let's put it together. Let's team up. Stefan says, hey, when did you get here? And she holds up her glass and she says, about one and a half of these ago. Slay. And then she says, you know, you were right. I brought this on myself. I knew the Klaus thing was going to come with consequences. I guess now I just have to deal with it and learn from my mistakes. And Stefan says, well, I'm glad I could help. And then he says, so did you find Matt? And she says, yes. And Tyler was right. Nadia has been compelling him to forget things. And Stefan says, what do you mean? What kind of things? And she says, well, he forgot. <laughs> she said, I don't fucking know. <laughs> she says, who knows? But he tried to message me something, but Nadia stopped him. And she shows him the text and she says, help K was all I got. And she puts it away. No one comments on that for a second. We'll get back to it. And so Caroline says, so you and Elena, what's the verdict? And he says, well, the verdict is she's acting strange. Great read. Thank you. <laughs> and it's also, I mean, they don't discuss this, but where did Elena go after all this? She went to Whitmore? There is a lot of like Elena disappearing to go talk to Nadia, which they like. They don't seem to track. They were like a little suspicious when she wasn't calling them back, but they're like not really paying close attention to it. It's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. They're not feeling the suspicion, but it is another one of many red flags. Yeah. Stefan says, she kissed me. And Caroline says, excuse me? Caroline's like, that's weird. If Caroline was with them all day, this would have been snuffed out immediately. The, one mm -hmm. of Catherine's best tactics is splitting these people up so that they can't converse. I mean, that's always been one of her secret weapons is keeping everything as separate as possible. That's a good talent for any of the villains. And I think Catherine, more than most, realizes what a danger Caroline is to have around because Caroline has very close relationships and very good understandings of multiple people in this group. Yeah. Some others you can kind of play around with a little bit, but Stefan and Caroline both kind of have the most connected, mm -hmm. you know, networks. Yeah, no shade to Damon. He's a little involved in him and Elena's drama. He doesn't really know the workings of like Caroline and Bonnie's relationship or Jeremy and Stefan's relationship. He doesn't yeah. like concern himself with the whole map, whereas Caroline does. Caroline has the best view of the map. And I think especially with Elena, she's very good at, you know, always calling Elena on shit that seems weird. Mm -hmm. And that is not helpful for Catherine. And so Catherine's done a pretty good job keeping her at arm's length, but not yes. a good enough job. Mm -hmm. Because if Caroline's one thing, she's a busybody. Well, that is so true. <laughs> well, and I also think Catherine underestimated the friendship between Caroline and Stefan. Because she yeah. knew that Stefan had his own shit with Elena and had his own shit with Damon. I don't think she had any clue of the kind of relationship Stefan and Caroline have now. Yeah. I think she generally underestimates the level of friendship people have at all. It's like yeah. the same thing when everyone was calling her and she's like, why is everyone calling me to talk to me? It's like, because they're friends with you. Like they want to know how you're doing. She's not familiar with how friendships work. Yeah. And that is her Achilles heel. Yeah. Stefan says, yeah, my car broke down. So we got a hotel room so she could shower. And Caroline says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys got a hotel room with a shower? Caroline's like, you got a hotel room in the middle of the day so you could shower? She's like, are you hearing that? She said, once you said that, didn't it sound a little stupid? Yeah. And Stefan says, well, uh, yeah, but it wasn't like that. I mean, I stopped it, obviously. I couldn't do that to Damon. And Caroline says, yeah, but she could. Yeah, she's like, it. she's like, okay, I get that you stopped it, but why did she start it? Yeah. She says, I just don't get it. She knows this would destroy him. What is she doing? 
Caroline's like, look, I hate Damon, but this is weird that she's doing it. Yeah, she, especially with the way she handled when she's hopped over from Stefan to Damon the first time, she was a lot more tortured about it. Rather than now, she's like, I just like Stefan now, I'm over Damon, bye. Well, and also it took her so long to fall in love with Damon and like feel connected to him that like she wouldn't throw that away just suddenly. It's not like they've had time to grow apart in the same way just because he did a couple things that she doesn't agree with. Yeah, he's only been gone for like two days. Yeah. It's not like Stefan, who was gone for months. Yeah, it took Stefan being gone like a whole summer and then a strained relationship after that for her to get close to Damon. And a vampire transition. Yeah. And a sire bond. Yeah, a lot of things had to happen. Yeah. It wasn't just, I feel like going on a road trip with him now. It wasn't just like, that one looks hot today. (laughs) Yeah. Because if it were, man, she would have caved in season two. (laughs) She would have caved in season one. It's the same thing with Catherine. Catherine was hopping between them just whenever she felt like it. So she assumes that that's what Elena's relationship with them is because she's like, well, she's hopping between them. So we're both just hopping in the same way. And it's like, Elena's not really hopping. She's strolling between them to be sure. But it's not a sudden hop like you did. Exactly. And Stefan says, that's what I mean. It's like she's given up on Damon and he and, you know, he thinks that she was trying to get me to kill him tonight. And Caroline says, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, she might be mad at him, but she would never want him dead. And then Stefan says, unless and it's like, oh, come on, get that brain going. Stefan says, Matt texted you help K before Nadia stopped him. K as in Catherine. You got it, King. Keep going. Keep that locomotive chugging, buddy. (laughs) He says, and when Catherine was dying, Nadia figured out a way to put Catherine's spirit in Nadia's body. And Caroline says, yeah, but that didn't happen because Catherine had a change of heart. And then when she says it, you can see both of them be like, that's stupid. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, you know, now that you say that out loud, that's completely ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Now that we have some distance from the matter... Like, oh, shit, that was dumb that we bought that. And then Caroline says, no, you don't think that, I mean, it's impossible. And Caroline says, we would have noticed. It's Elena. We know her. And then they look back and forth at each other and they're like, and she says, oh, my God. And that's where we end the episode. So it appears as though the cat is out of the bag. So I'm going to ask you the same question I've been asking the last few weeks. How long can Catherine keep this up? Well, not another episode. You think next episode, it's done? It's done for her? I think we do have to play this right. Because, you know, they understand the idea that Catherine's probably in the body. But they have to figure out how to get that information to people without Catherine getting that information. Mm -hmm. And who was with Catherine when they did the passenger knife? Matt and Stefan? Matt and Stefan. Okay, so Stefan has the passenger knife information, at least. Mm -hmm. But I don't think Stefan knows that Matt has the knife currently. Oh, and yeah. Matt's been compelled to hell, so he doesn't know that it so matters who knows that he what has the knife. He knows. <laughs> yeah, Matt needs to learn this information in order for them to get the knife, because Matt's the only one who even knows he has the knife. Nadia, however, also knows he has the knife. So if Nadia and Catherine figure out that they know before they can get the leg up, Nadia could potentially retrieve the knife. Then again, she's got werewolf venom in her system, so she could hallucinate, which could throw yeah. her off the scent. <laughs> So she could be slowed down. I think the name of the game is keeping this from Catherine. Mm -hmm. Just like I said, Catherine's not good at pretending to be Elena 
Stefan's not going to be good at pretending to be in love with someone who he now knows is Catherine. And especially now that he knows this, he's going to be picking up on these red flags that have been flying in his face all week. And he's going to be like, man, has she been acting like this? It's going to be like the bathroom thing again. But if we had watched the scene with no music and he'll be like, oh, shit. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? If we watch the scene with like goofy, like hijinks music (laughs) instead of sexy music. And he's gonna be like, oh shit, I really (laughs) fell for that. So I think (laughs) it's a dangerous game because Catherine's gonna have to deal with Nadia. But, you know, even with Nadia with the Venom, there is probably a part of Catherine that's like, well, what are we gonna do? Because she's not gonna be like, oh, how am I gonna figure this out? How am I gonna go get Klaus? I think we also have to consider the possibility that there's some sort of traveler magic or that they'll be like, oh, let's move Nadia's soul into another body. Why not? Why not? Why not do that one too? You know, I think there's a lot of dumbassery that can go on with that. But I think if Catherine gets a whiff that they all know about her, she'll kick Nadia out so fast while she tries to hide that. Sure. So if our team does get to catch Catherine next episode, What do you think that means for Catherine? Do you think it means she hops into someone else's body or do you think she's finally headed to the other side? There's a possibility if Nadia's hopping bodies that Catherine could also hop bodies. I think it's more likely she'll end up on the other side finally. I mean, it's been waiting for her. Just because I think the name of the game to get this done is to keep Catherine in the dark for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And so if they do this well, she won't have time to make another plan because at this point you guys have dealt with Catherine enough. You got this plan thrown in your face. Don't give her any leeway for this. Mm -hmm. Now that's not to say that won't happen. I think it's more likely she'll be on the other side, but I think the other option is that her and Nadia somehow both take over a body. Sure. Now they might be different bodies. They might be the same body, but there are plenty of travelers floating around. Do you think Elena will be back next episode? Yes. How do you think Elena's going to feel about all of this? I mean, <laughs> not <bad>. happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bad. It's it's a question of how they kind of present this information to her. Sure. I mean, none of it's good news. Like, yeah. she's not going to be happy about it. I mean, there's so much she doesn't know. Because the last thing Elena remembers is she was running for her life out of the woods to escape the traveler spell. And she saw Damon, and she thought she was saved by her boyfriend, who she loves very much. Yeah, And after that, he went and killed her college friend when she specifically asked him not to. (laughs) Now he got infected with the Ripper virus and her friends didn't notice for like a couple weeks. Yeah, I think there's an anger of her friends not noticing, an anger of Damon flying off the handle. I think what's actually going to hurt her the most out of all this, ridiculous as it may be, is that Damon thought she would give up on him. I think she's going to take that deeply personally. Now, whether Stefan feels the need to share that he may have kissed her is unclear. I'd be like, and we just hung out. And, you know, Catherine, you know, I think there's some anger to be at at Catherine, but she very likely won't be able to take that out on Catherine. And if she dies, it'll be kind of like, well, at least she's dead. But yeah, I think overall it won't be like too bad. I think the main hurdle is that she's going to be, is that to Damon, she's going to be like, why would you think I gave up on you and then fly off the handle like that? Like, why would you believe I would do that to you and then react in that way? Yeah. I don't think she's going to be mad specifically about Aaron. I mean, I think she will. But you don't think that's going to stick. How mad can you really be? (laughs) Um, But I do think there's, you know, this other thought we have to bring up of Wes is still floating around 
he may kind of come back into the mix as well and mess with her dynamic. How's he going to mess with Elena's dynamic? Well, just the Aaron situation, the Damon Ripper situation. Let's let's talk about the Damon Ripper situation. Do you think he's going to be able to get cured or do you think this is something he's going to learn to live with? I still think cured. Okay. Because I just think that there's some way for Wes to engineer that. I think there's a possibility it's something he lives with, or at least for a couple episodes, maybe we get some learning process of that because, you know, we've gone through Stefan being a ripper, Stamen's turn. I'm more likely to believe cured. Let's talk now about, we didn't get a lot of the travelers this episode. We just got them chanting outside the old farmhouse. But Stephanie, you had an off mic realization about the, or an off mic guess, I suppose, about the travelers and their goal, which we've been discussing in recent weeks. So I want to give you a chance to say it on mic so that there's evidence of it, whether you are right or wrong. (laughs) I've been throwing out a lot of stinker guesses about the travelers. Well, the travelers are kind of a stinker villain. So that's what they've earned. That's kind of what I gather. But my new thought is that their final goal, not a pyramid scheme, is to get rid of doppelgangers. Eradicate doppelgangers. Eradicate doppelgangers. Because we know that the doppelgangers originated with travelers and that might have thrown off their society. And we know that they at various points have wanted to kill Silas and have wanted to kill Catherine. And then they recently needed to get Elena and Stefan's doppelganger blood in buckets for some reason. Sure. So I think could be eradicating doppelgangers. The other side of that coin that sounds like the opposite, but really falls in the same place is maybe they want to make more doppelgangers they want to harness that power somehow like they want to have doppelgangers to use as power sources sure so here's my question i understand the creating more doppelgangers for power sources i get what they get from that Mm -hmm. what do they get if doppelgangers are gone like what's in it for them except for the pride of a job well done i think it's a lot of the pride But I think given this doppelganger magnet theory, it may be that this magnet is kind of trapping the travelers in some sort of situation. The fact that they have to travel. Do you think they want to be able to have houses? No. (laughs) You think they like traveling? I think they like traveling. But I think the doppelganger magnet could be a foreshadowing that there's some sort of traveler magnet that kind of weighs them down. Okay. So in some way. Here's my other question. How do they completely eradicate doppelgangers? Because from what we understand, doppelgangers just pop up like once every generation. So are they just like always going to be hunting for them? At what point in a child's life do they start to look enough like Nina Dobrev that they can kill them? Do they just kill every brunette girl to be safe? Like at what point are doppelgangers eradicated? Because we know they naturally occur. That's a great question. Isn't it? I was thinking they just needed to... They just needed I, to kill Elena and Stephanie. to kill the current doppelgangers, but we know that once one is dead, the next one kind of gets in the pipeline. Yeah. So I forgot about that when I made this <laughs> guest to be completely <laughs> and totally open with you. That, that much is clear. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. Maybe if they cut these ones off, well, because they've sensed the doppelgangers since this particular set of doppelgangers has yeah. been formed. One has always been alive at the same time as another one. Sure. Pretty much. Not the Nino Brev one, maybe. What do you mean? So this, like Silas has always been dead, but alive. And Amara has always been dead, but alive. Yeah. So, okay, there we go. 
So there's always been one doppelganger and one living one somewhere. And so maybe with the original ones both dead, if they clear out the rest of them, there won't be new ones after that. They'll stop naturally occurring. Yeah, sure. because the, the whole point of a doppelganger is it occurs because there's like one, there has to be a version that can be killed. Sure. But if all the versions that can be killed are killed, why produce another one? Sure. So do you think that Stefan and Elena are the last two they need to get rid of? Yes. Okay. I don't feel super confident in that. But what else have they been doing all this time if if not waiting for these two that are harder to kill? Well, and we also know that I you know, not to complicate your theory even more. Why not? We know that once Catherine died and became a vampire, it cleared the way for more doppelgangers to be created. Mm-hmm. So with Stefan and Elena dead and being vampires, there could already be another Elena doppelganger out there. Maybe she's a baby. Yeah. Or there could definitely be another Stefan doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Dare to dream. Well, I wish. Yeah. Find me one of those. <laughs> Add to cut. <laughs> Waiter, I'll take one of those to go. I'll have what she's having. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but if there's like, at that point, they know the originals are done. But not the originals, but the I original doppelgangers. You, you know, yeah. you get it. So they just have to hunt down the last ones. So once they were to clear out Stefan and Elena... They just keep an eye for one more and hope that neither of those gets turned into a vampire and they die or they kill them. I don't think it's a great plan. And then what do the travelers get? I think they get freedom somehow. Somehow this has shackled them. Sure. But not stopped them from traveling, mind you. And it hasn't stopped them from practicing magic. So what exactly is the problem? Maybe their magic is not as strong as it could be. Okay. Maybe finally, if they kill the doppelgangers, they'll be able to do spells by themselves and not in a big group of chanting. Yeah. Maybe they don't have to chant at all. Maybe they can just think like normal witches. And our final topic for the end of this episode is I do want to give out medals for the Dumbass Olympics. I think the gold unequivocally goes to Stefan. Absolutely. It's just a- absolute all time dumbass showing. <laughs> and as for silver and bronze, I think we can make a case for three remaining people mm-hmm. Tyler, Nadia, and Catherine. <laughs> I think I would give the silver to Nadia. I would give it to Catherine. Okay. Explain. Sure. I think because Catherine has just flown too close to the sun here. Yeah. I, I think, think she's acting like a big goofball, and she's acting like Catherine. It seems like she's given up most of pretending to be Elena. Mm-hmm. I think she's kind of like, I'm getting away with it. I can get some of my own personality back in here. And she's over. She's overdone that already. Mm-hmm. And I think because of her actions today, it led to her being found out. Yes. Whereas Nadia, I think, did her darndest to stop them from finding out. And she almost got away with it despite like dumbass moves, but dumbass moves that largely were. And I do think Nadia wouldn't have been stuck making a lot of the decisions she made were it not for the way Catherine is handling Nadia. Yeah. So that's a good point. I do think Catherine gets the silver and Nadia gets the bronze. I'm giving the bronze to Tyler. I think Tyler is no dumber than he usually is. That's true. Actually, you know what? But just because just because he's trained all his life doesn't mean he can't get a medal. That's true. And you know what? I do think you're right because... Well, Nadia is stupid enough to think that Matt likes her, 
and that's a pretty dumbass move. Tyler was dumb enough to get distracted by Nadia. So the fact that Nadia outsmarted Tyler makes her slightly less dumb. So maybe she doesn't quite meddle this week. Now, but it was dumb of her to get bit. I th- Actually, that's my argument. Tyler biting Nadia saves him from bronze and, Ty- and Nadia getting bit by Tyler gets her the bronze. I think Tyler was dumb enough that the bite keeps him at bronze instead of silver sure. is my thought. So I, I argue for Tyler for bronze, but I do respect that. I think it's neck and neck. It's like, neck don't get and me neck wrong. for the bronze. Of them, it was like a swimming race where silver and gold are like right, like back and forth. And then bronze, you're waiting like five seconds. And then that's neck and neck. So don't get me wrong. It was it was close, but I'm voting for Tyler. Fair enough. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please give us five stars video review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.